0: just buying bitcoin or buying bitcoin and ethereum for some clients and for some advisors maybe it is good enough i'm not going to be the one who says that it's not but at the end of the day you don't want to be the one that's picking the AOL or the yahoo of this age right so you look at the the whole dot-com era and in all of the the value that was created as a part of that and sort of apply that same skeleton or framework over here in the digital asset space to a very similar trajectory.
1: One of the driving factors that led Dan Ayer to found the first digital temp was the need to enable investors to own the underlying assets in third-party crypto models. This wasn't available four years ago, and for the most part, it still isn't available, except through Dan's company, blockchain.ai. I spoke with Dan, about the most efficient way for RIAs and broker-dealers to access popular digital asset managers, the importance of moving beyond pooled crypto investment vehicles, such as Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, and a whole lot more on this episode of the WealthTech Today podcast. Come on in, sit back and relax and enjoy episode 108 of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, the founder and CEO of Ezra Group Consulting. Over the past 16 years, we've worked with hundreds of fintech vendors and enterprise wealth management firms to guide them towards making better business and technology decisions. If you're a C-suite executive at an enterprise wealth management firm, you know how difficult it is to keep up with your technology infrastructure and operate it smoothly. That's where Ezra Group can help. We're experts in all aspects of both management technology, operations, and support. If you'd like a second opinion on any of your key systems, interfaces, or data sources, head over to our website, EzraGroupLLC.com, and click on the Schedule a Discovery Session button on the home page. We will schedule a free call to discuss the biggest issues facing your firm and offer some solid plans for addressing them. That's EzraGroupLLC.com. Okay, enough of the seamless self-promotion. The Wealth Tech Today podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices in technology for wealth management, asset management, and related areas. A couple of housekeeping tasks before I forget. A quick shout out to our sponsor, the Invest in Others Foundation. Please check them out at investinothers.org. Be sure to subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss future episodes. And we're kicking this episode off right now. I'm so excited to announce our guest for this episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. It's Dan Ayer, co-founder and CEO of blockchain.ai. Dan, welcome.
0: Uh, Thanks for having me, Craig. Glad to be here.
1: Oh, yeah, man. I'm glad we could we could work this out. Where are you calling in from?
0: I'm out here in the uh, lovely San Francisco Bay in the, the hills of Oakland, actually.
1: It's a beautiful area. Nice to be there. Can't wait to get back out that way. Conferences, travel, Uh, September, be headed out. Be fantastic. Um, Dan, can you give us a 30-second elevator pitch for your company, blockchain.ai?
0: Sure. So uh, blockchain is, the best way to think about it is an ecosystem of models or asset managers within the digital asset ecosystem. So going beyond... You know, the scope of just Bitcoin or maybe a Bitcoin Ethereum allocation uh, for advisors, uh, family offices and other financial professionals that would like to get their clients access to the digital asset space uh, in, a, in a comprehensive actively managed way, uh, where, where you have diversified exposure. Uh, that's what we're all about is creating that ecosystem.
1: Yeah, and, and just for disclosure, I'm on the advisory board of blockchain.ai. AI. And one of the reasons why I was excited to to work with you guys was because no one's really doing this. You know, I've been in the industry for a long time and seen the the progression of the the managed account space and the technology platforms and ecosystems, as you mentioned, of managed accounts. And I see you guys where managed accounts were 20, 15, 20 years ago, where it was really difficult to trade managed accounts. You, it was difficult to move models from the managers to the sponsors and do the trading and do the allocation and... And get the executions right and now it's all easy with managed accounts but now crypto seems that's where managed accounts were 15 20 years ago crypto is it it's hard to trade it's hard to execute it's hard to do all that work and optimize so how is it that can you explain a little bit more detail that i'm doing how is it if as opposed to a man an an advisor at a broker dealer or advisor at a large RIA who wants to invest in a basket of cryptocurrencies not just your normal Bitcoin Ethereum, but a basket, why you can't just do that manually. Why is it better using your tools?
0: Yeah, so uh, there's probably a few things to unpack there. So the, the first and most obvious problem is that most of the, the options that are available out there, think of like a Coinbase or or a Binance US or you know a Kraken or something like that they offer retail clients the ability to to purchase crypto assets. But at the end of the day, if an advisor wants crypto to be under their umbrella, where they can bill on it and advise on it and everything, uh, you you can't be leveraging individual client accounts. You need some way that you can onboard clients through a normal process uh, that you would with, you know, if you're you're bringing a client onto Schwab, for example, there's an established process, you onboard them, the account gets created. You have discretion over the account, just like you have discretion over all of your other accounts, uh, and you're not, you know, one authorized individual on, you know, using API keys for each individual client client account. Uh, and so that that was the first problem to overcome uh, was how do I do this for all my clients? How do I take a, you know, an allocation between one and five percent? That's how you do it. You don't you don't uh, link up to each individual client account. So um, the second piece of that is how do you scale? the way that you approach managing those accounts. So once they're all onboarded, you get cash in the accounts, uh, you have uh, models or or strategies that you would like uh, to to put different client accounts into. Uh, Maybe some are suitable for some clients and some are suitable for other clients. Uh, You know, that's an important differentiation, but once you decide how you want those clients to be engaging with the market, you have those conversations with them, how do you do that in a scalable way? you know, if you can imagine trying to trade every you know, each individual account uh, you're going to run into a scale issue. You get 10 clients, you get 20 clients, maybe you could do that, but you're going to be spending an inordinate amount of your time doing that uh, when you could be focused on just scaling it from a model, you know, model strategy perspective uh, where you're really just making an adjustment in one place and rebalancing all the accounts. Uh, So it's much more efficient. And then the last piece is really just sort of, you know, from a compliance perspective, ensuring that you don't have custody, that's a very big challenge in the the digital asset space because unlike stocks uh, or bonds, digital assets can be moved even easier than wiring money. Uh, So if you're an advisor and you wanna avoid having custody, uh, but you still wanna give your clients exposure, you need to go through the proper protocol. And that's something that we work uh, pretty diligently and for for quite some time uh, to resolve where you can still maintain discretion, you can still trade many accounts at scale, uh, but you're not the custodian of the the end client assets.
1: So I can summarize some of the benefits of blockchain over doing or manually uh, accessing or even working with some other outsourcer is you have seamless onboarding, like similar to how an advisor on with any platform they're using any RIA platform, you've got the same seamless onboarding. You've got custody. You've got the rebalancer. You've got the models. And it's secure so all that stuff is happening just like they would just like they would trade mutual funds and etfs on the rebalancer with a model and having it all traded away from them and just they're just getting the executions back and seeing their accounts filled out you're doing the exact same thing so it's easy for an advisor to be able to scale the crypto side of his business the same way he does the legacy asset would that be an ad, uh, a the proper definition
0: yeah, that's, that's correct. And, and we actually on the custody front, uh, we partner today primarily with the Gemini trust company. Uh, and you know, they, they basically provide, uh, the, the pure custody sort of cold storage infrastructure perspective. Uh, and we, we utilize a segregated custody, uh, arrangement, um, where, you know, we're not technically the custodians either. Uh, so even if our platform was ever compromised, there's no way that the assets in the cold storage over at Gemini could be compromised. So it's an additional layer of security where you're, you're still maintaining the discretion over the accounts, still able to do everything that you would normally want to do, uh, but the the integrity of the the end assets and where they're stored is is completely safe and secure.
1: I wanted to go with a couple of differentiators that I see uh, that blockchain has compared to other firms. There, you know, there are other firms propping up. In the managed account space in the RIA market, offering crypto trading, crypto rebalancing, but what's the difference? What is what is the difference between if I'm I know there's some rebalancers out there that offer you can you can you can buy block uh, Bitcoin, you can buy Ethereum as, as an asset. Why isn't that good enough for an advisor? And what's the benefit of what you're doing?
0: Yes, I mean, just buying Bitcoin or buying Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, for some clients and for some advisors, maybe it is good enough. Right? Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to be the one who says that it's not. But at the end of the day, you know, you don't want to be the one that's picking the AOL uh, or the Yahoo of, of this age. Right. So you look at the the whole dot com uh, era and, and all of the, the value that was created as a part of that. and sort of apply that same skeleton or framework over here in the digital asset space to very similar trajectory on the on the internet side you had uh one protocol is the the internet protocol that we all know today and everything's built on top of it right you got facebook you got amazon uh, all the heavyweights that created all you the way you could get a piece of that value was by buying the stocks the applications that were built on top of the internet was where the value was accruing now, uh, in digital asset ecosystem, the value is actually baked into the protocols themselves. So, as these protocols, you know, tokens, if you will, or coins, get more and more usage, uh, they are instruments that you can invest directly in, rather than waiting for the securities or, or the equities of the companies that are that are building on top of it. And so, it's a new pair, it's a paradigm shift. Uh, and so, not buying pieces of the protocols themselves you're doing yourselves and your clients a disservice because you want a broad base of exposure across all of these different use cases uh, that, are, that have real world usage. And they're actually, the reason they're getting so much usage is because they're disintermediating many of the inefficiencies that you saw in the traditional system. So, so why would you uh, not just go with Bitcoin and Ethereum in my mind? It's because you want a way to sample the ecosystem and grab a piece of all the value that's being created. And there's a lot of it out there and it's, uh, you know, very, very diverse from a use case perspective. Now, what are the logistical challenges of uh, participating in a more diverse strategy or portfolio or model of assets Right, once you get beyond Bitcoin Ethereum? Well, uh, that's when you get into the world of uh, complexity as it relates to execution. So if I've got 100 clients or 200 clients. Uh, And they're all in a basket of five, six, seven different assets. Uh, And I want to add an asset or two uh, to a strategy. uh, And I want to rebalance those clients. Maybe I want to change the allocations too within the strategy. Once I do that, the logistics of trading between my, my existing basket, my target basket are such that I now need to find the most efficient route to get from that basket to the end basket. And unlike traditional securities of stocks and bonds and whatever, uh, you don't always stop over in US dollars in the crypto world, right? There are direct pairings. So many of these tokens have pairs with Bitcoin or with Ethereum. Uh, it, it's, there, there are many ways to get from where you are to where you want to be. Uh, and there are time implications and cost implications for taking uh, one route versus another. So when we're talking about execution efficiencies, uh, one of the things that we do that's that's a major differentiator is we create what's called an execution graph and we look at all the different ways that you could get from point A to point B and we say this one's going to be the best route uh, because we we've done all of the you know we've measured every route and we've run a, a multi-level mathematical optimization and we can conclusively say at this point in time this is going to be the best thing you know the best path forward. And so from an X perspective, uh, you know that's a, a, a big aspect of things. Um, And, you know, you could be looking at 10, 20, 30 different trades, depending on how sophisticated your portfolio is. Uh, There's no way that you'd be able to scale that uh, without a way to rebalance many accounts using many of those optimization graphs uh, in one go. So that's that's one piece. The second piece uh, is the uh, performance management. Uh, So being able to track uh, on an individual client basis, uh, on an advisor basis, on a firm basis, Uh, On a manager basis, if if you're a manager using the platform uh, and then also on a on a model basis, what was the actual performance? Not just the back test that says, you know, oh, based on the current state of the portfolio, how would that have performed over the last year? I mean, we we do that, too. Uh, But tracking the honest, you know, rebalance, you know, on a rebalance basis, when you add an asset, when you adjust an allocation, if you want to be GIPS compliant uh, at any point in the future. Uh, you need to be able to track the model performance, the client performance, uh, and, and there's a whole, you know, there's a whole deep sort of uh, you know modular approach that we've taken to that that enables you to not just generate reports but track the entire history uh, and, and understand your performance in, in, a, in a clear and concise way. Um, so that's another big piece of it, uh, and, and there are you know there are other elements uh, too. We're working with uh, Bio Accounts now uh, to provide integration into the traditional uh, you know, kind of wealth stack of many different systems, not just one individual, uh, you know not just the Black Diamond, not just an Orion, but all of them across the, the entire spectrum, which getting that data into those systems is a big deal. And then the last piece, and I'll, I'll leave it here, Craig, uh, is that we are the only provider that enables advisors and managers uh, to get paid through the digital asset ecosystem. Uh, there, there are ways today that advisors can get paid uh, by billing you know, a little extra out of the cash account over at their, you know, their, their core custodian, call it a, a Schwab or a Pershing or whatever. Uh, but for managers in the space uh, that are looking to sell new advisors, there is no way other than asking those advisors for a check at the end of the month or the end of the quarter, uh, after the fact, there is no good way to do it other than our platform. And so that's another really big differentiator.
1: So I'm taking notes furiously here. You're, you're, you mentioned a lot of good stuff that I, want, I, I wanted to cover. So the um, that, that is something that, that people need to be aware of when you're investing in crypto, why should you pick the winners and losers? You don't know what, there's, there's, there's hundreds of cryptos that are probably gonna be valuable. There's tens of thousands, but most of them are gonna be crap. Most of them are uh, the S word coins, right? So we don't invest in those. But no, why? it's just it's similar to how we recommend with advisors. Don't pick stocks yourselves Outsource to a manager. Pick a money manager. You can always fire right. the money manager if they're not doing well. Don't let the client fire you. Right. So the same thing with crypto. If you want to get your clients into digital assets, pick a manager. Find a manager who's got who's got the experience, who can offer a basket, and they'll they'll, they'll make the allocations, they'll do the trading, although uh, they'll, they'll give you the allocations and then the blockchain will, will execute the trades. And that way you're you're divorced from that. So that's one benefit. And the second one is is the digital pairings that when you're making a trade now with a stock or a mutual fund, there's one place to go. Everyone you just go to the market, you trade it. In, in most cases, yeah, if it's a very specific, um, thinly traded security, maybe you need to go to certain broker dealers or certain execution points. But in the, for the vast majority, 80, 20, rule, well, 80% of all assets being traded are ETFs and and mutual funds and, and stocks. And they're just traded normally in USD, right? So it, it goes from... You're, you're buying it and you're paying USD or you're selling it and you're receiving USD. As you mentioned, with a digital asset, that doesn't always happen. In fact, it, it happens even less. You're When you're selling Bitcoin, you may be turning it into Ethereum or turning it into Litecoin or turning it into a, a USDC, right? A stablecoin. So it re- once it goes into, into the crypto world, it's less likely to come out again into, into fiat. It's more likely to stay in some form of digital asset. And that's where your expertise comes in that a firm that's just a a rebalancer that offers Bitcoin can't do that. They, there's no other pairs. They can't do that. And if they, even if they somehow could manhandle you into another pair, they don't have, as you mentioned, the execution points. They don't have the optimization. And as someone with a computer science degree who spent some time analyzing how crypto works, that's not easy to do. To build that multi-level mathematical optimization, as you mentioned, to, to go through all the different pairs, all the different execution points, all different exchanges to figure out how to execute a particular basket rebalance that an advisor is doing that could save them thousands, tens of thousands of dollars across enough accounts, right? That that's tremendous right. amount of value. Okay, so I've just i just restated what everything you just said, which may not have been necessary. Right. I hope so. That's a different. That's in my mind how I can understand it.
0: But better, you said it better. Yeah, but I, I did want to touch on you know you stated what what I thought was pretty you know pretty accurate. We talk about this a lot with with our prospects and our customers uh, is basically, you know, crypto doesn't doesn't behave the same way. It's, does, it's, it's not just that it doesn't behave the same way, it's that you can't evaluate it the same way either. So you can't pull a quarterly report or an annual report for Bitcoin or for Ethereum. Right. So if you're an advisor that's looking at this space and trying to trying to navigate it, unless you already know a lot about it, education. Is, is great and you should continue to do it, but it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to provide a better outcome for your clients by trying to educate yourself and then investing on their behalf. In a manager uh, who's, this is all they do, you know, they're they're gonna be spending all of their time. Rather than you spending 30% of your time, outsource to them, they're, they're spending all their time. They know how to do the fundamental analysis on crypto. They know how to look at on-chain metrics and what they mean. They know how to look at the, the GitHub and say, okay, you know, how 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 quality are these commits? You know, is this garbage, uh, you know, or is or is this good stuff that's really contributing to the protocol? They know how to look at it. You don't know how to look at it. Uh and, and so you could save yourself a lot of time and still get in relatively early. We're still in the early innings of all of this. Uh, you know, find a good manager and 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 really focus on building that relationship there to get a good outcome for your client. So I I just wanted to re- reiterate that because it's it's a really important point uh, that, that if you don't go to a manager, you're probably going to spend way more time. For an asset class, it's really only like up to 5% allocation of your client's portfolios.
1: I'd like to take a break from this episode to talk about our sponsor, the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation. Invest in Others recognizes individuals and advisory firms that are making a difference by donating their time and money to causes that matter to them. By sharing their stories and awarding funding to organizations they care about, Invest in Others raises awareness, encourages others to get involved, channels additional resources to those in need, and demonstrates the generosity of the financial advice industry. I've been involved with Invest in Others for a number of years, and we just did our judging. Uh, I've been uh, fortunate to be asked to be a judge for some of their. Um, uh, award, awards. And the one we just did was volunteer of the year. So we reviewed 10 different uh, advisors and their charities and w- what they gave to their charities, the work they've done over many years, some, more than a decade of work with their charities to try to come down to which one was the volunteer of the year. And the volunteer of the year, their charity will receive $50,000. The second and third place runners up get $20,000. And I believe the next three, uh, get $2,500. So a lot of uh, these charities are getting some money. You know, the number one gets 50000 Really hard to pick. There's a lot of great charities out there. I would encourage you to go to investinothers.org, uh, read about what they're doing, their good work, meet their board of directors, look at their grants for good, and make a donation. Your Hopefully your your company will will match it. That means you can do double the good for a lot of great charities. Uh, the, the Invest in Others Foundation. Another thing I wanted to mention that you brought up, which I thought was, an, was interesting, it, it digresses a little bit from the what the blockchains do, but the the value of the protocols themselves and the ability to invest in them. It's like we were 20 years ago or 30 years ago, right? Before HTTP took off, that's how the web works, right? That the Tim Berners Lee development of HTTP. Before that, there was a couple of other protocols that were ta- that were competing to run the internet. And this way you can, it's like if I was going to buy an HTTP token, right. And the value of HTTP, right. Right. That's what buying Bitcoin is or buying Ethereum is it's buying an HTTP token, but 30 years later in the next generation of of things. So, yeah. So that's, that's, that's yeah. a cool thing to think about.
0: Yeah, but I'm sure uh, Tim Berners-Lee <laughs> wished that, uh, that he had been able to do the, you know, have the, the founders uh, yeah. token fund yeah. over there, but yeah. Maybe he he on his
1: own yacht by now. So, um, I want to talk about the, um, the a couple of the things that you guys are doing. So, so we've already talked about.
0: Oh, Craig, you, you're on mute. So, um, uh,
1: I want to talk sorry. about some of the different th- things you do differently. And we talked about how you're differentiated from just a pure rebalancer that's just rebalancing Bitcoin or, or Ethereum. You've got a lot more than that. You have a rebalancer. You have performance reporting. Uh, you have this, this trade execution optimization tools. But also, if I was um, looking to do this, if I was to say uh, you know, RIA, and I'm also looking to get into digital asset management, can you give me an example of how an RIA would get into the space so that they think, hey, we're growing, we want to start our own digital asset manager, and we want to work for our own clients. What's that process like, and, and how would they come to you, and how would, the, how would things be so much better by working with blockchains and doing it themselves?
0: yeah so i do have actually a great example for this um so there was a a company by the name of arbor capital uh that we engaged with uh you know middle you know two-thirds of the way through last year uh and and by the way you know disclosure wise uh and commercially available for a year uh, in in live and working with customers and Arbor was one of those early customers and really they wanted to do was they wanted to get out of the game as it related to uh grayscale Products, uh, not not picking on grayscale, but you know, closed-end funds, they have this risk, uh, and it's somewhat unknown risk. There's the discount or premium, depending on what's going on in the market, because they don't have any arbitrage mechanism to nav. Uh, you could wind up paying more uh, for less digital assets inside the fund, or you could wind up paying less. So it can work to your advantage or your disadvantage, and you really can't control what that's going to be. Can um, okay, I jump
1: in, Dan? And so, so uh, G, uh, Grayscale, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. That's correct. That's what you're talking about, which, which is a, a way for, it's, it's, it trades on pink sheets. It was one of the only ways that uh, retail investors could buy Bitcoin in their IRA or other qualified accounts because it it trades like a mutual fund, in effect. But it's a trust and it's a very high fee. It's a 2%, 200 basis points fee. Because it's a trust in the way it works. So yeah, I just wanted to jump into with that.
0: Right. And they yeah, so there there was the the, the fee was was already this two hundred basis points. And then you you add the risk of, well, maybe you're paying thirty percent over nav, or maybe you're paying twenty percent under nav, or maybe you paid thirty percent over, and then all of a sudden now it's it's a discount, twenty under, right? So you, you just can't control it. And so a lot of fiduciaries were looking at, well, how do I how do I do this in this asset class that makes the most sense? Uh, and so uh, most advisors, when they go through the research phase, they realize that if there is an asset class that you should own the underlying, that your client should own the underlying, it's digital assets, it's crypto, because there's all these, these other things, and we'll get into that in just a minute, uh, of opportunities down the line that owning the underlying will afford you. Uh, but Arbor had recognized that uh, pretty early on. And, and Matt Koleski, a good friend of mine, President Arbor Capital, uh, you know, he engaged, he said, this is what we're looking for. We'd like to migrate our clients over from funds to owning the underlying in separate accounts. Uh, and so that was the first that we helped them to do. And they realized that this space was starved, uh, for managers that had experience on the traditional side and they weren't just, you know, sprung up to, to be a, a crypto only manager, at, you know, in, a, in an opportunistic manner. They, they had a, a long history with their clients, decades of, of experience with their clients and had a good long history track record managing crypto personally. Uh, and, and then also uh, you know, professionally through through the Grayscale product. And they wanted to take that offering into the marketplace and solve this problem for other advisors. And so Arbor was actually one of the first you know SMA managers, one of, one of the first managers on our platform that deliver models to other advisors in the marketplace. Uh, and it's it's generally been a very you know great success story to see them along that journey, uh, be able to kind of build that this early in the in the ecosystem, and then now have something that they can bring out to the marketplace and scale.
1: Yeah, and that, that getting away from GPTC is so important for firms because they want to control it. Because once you're, you're you're just basically outsourcing it again to someone else. You're outsourcing it to GPTC, yeah. and you then you don't hold custody. So it's a way to give exposure to Bitcoin, but you don't. Well, you don't have the assets. You don't own
0: it. You get, you get the price exposure. That's that's definitely right. And you know, and discount premium can mess with that a little bit. But there's other elements of it too that I was kind of alluding to a, a minute ago. If you want to do like lending or staking, it's not a one size fits all, right? So you can't just tell your clients, oh, you know, that this fund is uh, at, at various times we might decide to lend or stake the assets. That's going to get really hairy. Because the risks are different, you need to disclose those to clients. So, really, the best way to do it is in separate accounts. So, you know, you might have somebody's uh, retirement account that you wanna you wanna do some staking in there through through the DeFi ecosystem. Well, you can do that if if you own the underlying for that particular client. Uh, whereas another client, you might find that lending is better. Uh, where one client that you don't wanna do any of those things, you just wanna hold the assets uh, in in the account. Um, and you're going to treat tax advantage accounts differently than you're going to, going to treat tax eligible accounts. So there's all of these things to consider with digital assets because it's not a one size fits all, uh, and, and at the end of the day, probably the most important one, especially for managers out there is tax loss harvesting. I mean, you've got this volatility these great waves of volatility, uh, where you can, you know, in, in crypto because it's digital property uh, and they're not securities, you don't have the same rules around washing. So you can, you know, you can buy and sell cryptos uh, at any point that you'd like for whatever reason. So you can recognize the loss, offset other asset classes or offset future gains in crypto. Uh, It's it's one of the best asset classes at at this point in time to do exactly that.
1: And that's something that most advisors don't understand. And that's one of the differentiators of owning the asset rather than buying it through GBTC. Uh, You've got it. You can do these types of things. And this is and, and advisors need to differentiate. There's so much out there. Advisors are being squeezed in so many different ways in so many different uh, aspects and other firms and 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 fintechs out there squeezing them as well. That Advisors need these types of uh, differentiators. Hey, you can offer a basket of of crypto assets to your clients, especially the higher net worth clients. You can automatically trade and rebalance. You're going to hook them up with the best managers. You're going to own the underlying. You can stake it and lend it out and generate more income, generate passive income. Which is something that, that that that's done a lot on on the crypto side. So those are all all great benefits. Um, and so talk about how, if a firm wants to do this, if there's an RIA out there that also wants to do the same thing, how difficult is it to do that?
0: Yeah. So I mean, the the first step is really just assuming that uh, they're not forming for this purpose. Uh, you know, registering a new RIA is is a whole different conversation. Um, but you know, assuming that they already have their uh, their registration, uh, they're an existing firm, they want, want to put clients into it, there's two different ways that they can engage with uh, blockchain uh, in the, the Bitria platform. So the first one is if they want to manage it themselves, they have a thesis in the crypto space, they want to, they want to develop their own models, they want to onboard their own clients and manage those clients within the, you know, that model ecosystem that they're building, they can do that. That's a very easy process. Uh, they need an institutional relationship with Gemini, which we can help to to, to get them set up with. Uh, and then after that, it, we link up the systems and they're off to the races. They can onboard clients, they can trade those clients, uh, they're good to go. <laughs> the, the second route is uh, that they want to outsource the allocation, uh, in which case they don't need an institutional uh, arrangement with Gemini. Uh, they instead would work with uh, the managers uh, that, are, that are on the platform. Uh, that are offering various models uh, that they've curated and, and actively manage, uh, and, and in that case, they would uh, engage with uh, any of those managers. We actually have a the SMA network up on our website. The, the website is uh, blockchain.ai, uh, and on there you'll see the uh, SMA network tab, and then you can see any of the managers that are on our platform, uh, and, and there are uh, soon to be a few more uh, as well. So. Uh, but it's a it's a great opportunity for advisors to reach out and get an understanding of you know what the the difference is what the differentiation between the different managers are because there is quite a bit at this point there's uh you know some that specialize in DeFi and really getting uh diverse access to the space across many different protocols there's some of them that focus on uh, esg options uh there, there's there's a lot of different ways to approach it uh and so we would we would encourage advisors to just you know, get in touch with some of the managers on on the, the website, the SMA network page.
1: Yeah, I was looking at that myself. It's a, there's a number of really good looking managers there, and this is this is the the power, the benefit of connecting to blockchain, right? That that you have access to these managers, your 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 ecosystem uh, for digital assets, for managing digital assets, for reaching out to managers to for connecting managers to sponsors, managers to RIAs to be able to build out this this ecosystem to support a full featured digital asset investment strategy. That's right. Awesome. So uh, can you give the name of the website again for people who are interested?
0: Yes, it's www.blockchange.ai. So it's uh, not and blockchain. Google.
1: It's blockchain, as in change your point of view. <laughs> change your exactly. digital asset provider. Change, blockchain.ai. And we'll, we'll put a right. link in the uh, show notes we'll put a link on our website you go you go you also can go, you can go to our website and look it up because well, i'm an advisor so i have it on my website as well uh again thanks so much for being here i think this is really helpful and i i think people learned a lot
0: thanks so much
1: for me. hey it's craig again and here are my top three takeaways from this interview crypto markets are very different from legacy markets and i liken to it to i liken it to when advisors are trying to trade managed accounts around 20 years ago, is very cumbersome and complex. And that's really where crypto is today and why you need a digital temp to facilitate. Number two, uh, digital model benefits. You don't wanna try picking win- winners and losers in the crypto world, there's so many choices. And you really wanna grab the value that's baked into the protocols themselves, which is why you should invest now, as opposed to waiting for equities to become available in those companies that are then building on top of those protocols. So it's like the early internet days, when you were maybe you could buy shares of HTTP when there was it was competing versus other uh, protocols rather than waiting for internet firms to come along, you're sort of getting in on the ground floor. A unique way of looking at things. And clearly, blockchain.ai and the BitRIA platform is the best way for RIAs, broker dealers, and wealth managers to access the best digital asset management on the planet in an efficient and secure manner. That wraps this episode up. Please go to our website, Ezra group LLC.com, and sign up for our newsletter. Once a month, you'll get an email full of good information and advice and tips from the industry and from me, and you will not be disappointed and see everyone again next time.